Welcome to Bethlehem Covenant Church's sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed as you listen to this message. Well, good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining us here on this Sunday of February 26th. Hope you're doing well. Thanks for joining us for the sermon here for this week. Uh, We have been going through the Gospel of John, and uh, we are now on chapter 14. If you would like to follow along with me, I'm going to read John 14, 1 to 14. And it's Jesus around the Last Supper table with his disciples. It's getting close to the end. In the morning, he's going to go to a cross. And right here he says this, Do not let your hearts become troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many rooms. If that were not so, I would have told you. For I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. For you know the way to the place where I am going. One of his disciples, Thomas, said, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you'll know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Another one of his disciples, Philip, said, Lord, show us the Father, and that'll be enough for us. And Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you for such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. For truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. This is a beautiful uh, scripture that uh, I have often read at funerals uh, because of the comfort that Jesus brings to his disciples here. He says, do not let your hearts become troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many rooms, and I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come back to take you to be where I am. I mean, what a blessed promise and eternal life that Jesus is sharing with them. I remember the night a number of years back when I got a call from Wade Neth from our church and his father, Charlie, had just died in their home, had a heart attack and just died during dinner. And he and his mom, Beverly, Charlie's wife, only lived one mile away here on 98th Street. And so I got dressed and raced down there, and and the police hadn't even come yet to the house. They were on their way. And and so it was just Wade and Beverly and I, and and, and Charlie was, was lying right there. And as we were standing together, this scripture that I just read came to my mind. These words of our Lord Jesus Christ just popped right into my head. Don't let... Your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many rooms. 
and I go there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back to take you to be where I am. And so praying there with Wade and Beverly in that shocking moment, I just had this overwhelming thought and peace come that Jesus had just been in that home. He had come to take Charlie home to heaven. And what peace we have knowing this as, as followers of Jesus, the, the words that he spoke here are for all of us. Don't let your hearts become troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Jesus is speaking these words first to his 11 disciples. It's, it's only 11 now because Judas has already left. In the previous chapter, we read how Jesus tells them that he already knows what Judas is conspiring and is going to betray him. And so Jesus tells him, what you're about to do, do quickly. And so Judas gets up and he leaves the table. And so Judas is gone and it's only the 11 now left with Jesus. And Jesus has just told his disciples that he's not going to be with them much longer. This is the whole context, you see. And so it is no doubt an unsettling moment for all of them. But that's when Jesus looks at them. These men that he loves, that he has spent the last few years every day with. These men whom he calls friends. Uh, and he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. You know, Jesus told us that in this life there was going to be trouble. But to take heart, because he had overcome the world. When do we most need to believe in him? It's when troubles abound in our life. When there is uncertainty when we are wearied or discouraged or have just received some really bad news from a doctor or things at home just got real messy or something that we love is falling apart and, and we're just worried about it all. It, it's in these moments of, of real life when our hearts can become troubled. I have always loved the scripture about the disciples at sea. When the storm suddenly hits, you know the story that I mean. The Bible tells us that Jesus' disciples, they're out on a, a boat and they're trying to cross the Sea of Galilee on this boat when a storm suddenly out of the nowhere comes and they have no time to prepare for it. It was all calm before the storm and then instantly, you know, starts to get dark and a few drops of rain turn into a downpour really fast and that gentle breeze becomes this powerful wind that comes so strong upon their boat that it's nearly being turned over by the waves and water is is seeping in and the disciples are rowing as fast as they can but they're getting nowhere and these fishermen who lived out on the sea they're honestly afraid they're gonna drown in this moment it's such a bad storm and so in a panic they wake up Jesus who uh, can you believe it is resting and they wake him up and they say Lord don't you care we are going to drown here and Jesus gets up and with one command be still he speaks to the wind and the waves and all is stilled in a moment all is calmed again and Jesus then turns to his disciples and he says where is your faith and I've always liked that story. I even have a, a painting of it on my wall. But there's a message you see in it. 
It's not just a, a neat story. It's a real-life example that's meant to speak to all of us. Just like in our scripture for today, it's, it's don't let your hearts become troubled. Believe in God in this moment. Believe in Jesus Christ. For I'm sure that I'm not the only one who has suddenly found themselves in an anxious situation. We all have, haven't we? A storm, if you will, when suddenly in our life everything seems to go dark and we're struggling and we're feeling out of control at work or home and, and the situation and not sure what we're supposed to do next. This is, these are the moments when we've got to hear the words, don't let your heart become troubled. Our God is an awesome God. He rules the wind and the waves. His authority is, is above every authority. All power are His. He is faithful. He is working and He loves you. He's with you right now in this, whatever it is. So you've got to believe in Him now. He said, you know, to, to His disciples that He was the good shepherd and that He would lay down His life and He would take it up again. And so He needs them in this moment to believe Him. You see, in our scripture, Jesus says, don't let your hearts become troubled. It's kind of like what God told Joshua in the Old Testament right before Joshua was going to lead the troops into the promised land. God said to him, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now's when you got to believe. Jesus tells his disciples at this critical moment, don't let your hearts become troubled. I told you already what had to happen. So believe in God and believe also in me right now. In unsettling moments in our life, we might get afraid. And that's okay. That's normal. But in our concern, don't let your heart become troubled. For you might feel like everything has fallen apart around you, but trust me, it isn't. The Lord says, I'm still in control of this situation. You might feel like it all is dependent upon you and, and, and the waves that are crashing and the giants and the rivers are just too mighty for you to pass, but they aren't for God. So don't let your hearts become troubled. In our culture and society and media, we are told to follow our heart. But Jeremiah 17, 9 says the heart can be deceitful. In Proverbs 23, 19, it says, Be wise and direct your heart in the way that it should go. In other words, don't follow your heart. Lead your heart. In Proverbs 4, 23, it says, Guard your heart because flows it from the from it flows the fountain of life. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, Seek the Lord with all of your heart. In our scripture for today, Jesus says, Don't let your heart become troubled. Don't allow your mind to drift into that hopeless place. Remember God. Don't let your feelings be the Lord of your life and your fears to push you into despair or panic. Remember the rock upon which you stand. Don't let your heart become defeated or discouraged or anxious. Don't drift to that dark place. Lean now into His light. Paul says in Philippians 4.4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice because the Lord is near. 
He says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer, present your request to God and the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind back to Jesus. You see, prayer guards our heart from drifting into trouble. Prayer keeps us on Jesus. Do you know that the command that is written more in the Bible than any other command is do not fear, do not worry, do not be afraid? Over 600 times in the Bible, God says, don't be afraid. And yet we tell him, yeah, but the water is rising and it's getting into my boat. And Yeah, but Judas is, is coming here soon and he's bringing guys with swords or... Or God, you know my life and what the doctor just said. Or, or yeah, but the person did this. Or yeah, but what am I going to do now? Everything else is, is falling around me. These are the moments when we like to tell God, yeah, but. <laughs> but we must hear Jesus' words to all of us here. Don't let your hearts become troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. The disciples are sitting around that last supper table. They've heard all these troubling things and Jesus is going to go away now. And what are they going to do now? And, and they aren't ready to be on their own. And they've just heard someone's going to betray him. And that all this is unsettling. And Jesus can see that it is. And he says, don't let your heart become troubled. Don't go to that place. You believe in God. Believe now in me. Right now. This is the moment that you must believe. Right now, when the storm is still going, not when it subsides, right now in the middle of it, believe, believe in God. I had a moment this past fall that, that when I was really unsettled by a few different things going on, and it was tough. It was, it was compounding, you know. It wasn't just one wave. It was getting hit by a few all at the same time, and and, and I didn't know if I could do it. I didn't know how it was all going to turn out. But I was, I was fearing the worst. But right in the middle of it, all I knew how to do was pray. And, and I did. And I didn't even know exactly how to pray in that moment. But I just prayed, God, I need you right now. I don't know what to do. I'm scared. And, and I want to tell you that it was a minor miracle, if you want to call it that, for in prayer and just surrendering it all over to God, I honestly felt this peace come over me. I just felt his presence with me there. I just felt his love. I knew it. Like God was reminding me of who he is and his promises for me and my family. And my circumstance didn't change, but I did in my approach to it. Instead of fear-driven, I had faith. The Lord gave me this faith when I didn't have it myself. In that moment, my heart had strength that wasn't there before. Philippians 1.6 says, I am confident of this. That he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion in Christ Jesus. That verse God gave me in that moment. Along with his peace that it was going to be okay. And I believed in God. I believed in Christ. 
in whom I can do all things. And instead of giving in to a troubled heart, there was faith which brought peace. Jesus told his disciples, don't let your hearts become troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me right now. Not tomorrow, but in this moment. Believe in what you cannot see. And the word believe in the Bible is the same word as trust. Did you know that? Believe and faith and trust, they're all the same word. And, and I think that's really important. Because we can say that we believe there is a God. We may even believe Jesus died for our sins. But that's not the same as saying, I trust God. I trust Jesus with my sins. I trust in what he did upon the cross. I trust the eternal plan of God. I trust God with my family or with my kids or my future or salvation or provision or what's happening right now. And what ultimately saves us is not belief that there is a God, but trust in God. Trust in Jesus, our, our Savior, who died for us and rose and prepares a place for us. For he said, whoever believes in me will not perish but have eternal life. Do you believe in God? Do you trust in God? I think here of the story of when Jesus was walking on the water and Peter and the other disciples saw him. And it says in Matthew 14, 28, that Peter called out to the Lord on the water asking if he could walk on the water too. And Jesus said, come out to me. And so Peter got up out of the boat and he started to walk on the water. I mean, he's actually doing it. But then, just like us, Peter took his eyes off of Jesus and onto the storm and the crashing waves, which were, were really high all around him, just like they can be for us at times. And those waves started casting doubt and lies and threats and fear and began to cause Peter to sink. But even when he began to sink, even then, Jesus didn't let him. The Bible says Jesus reached down and caught Peter and lifted him up out of the water. And he put his feet back onto the boat. And Jesus said, Peter, why did you doubt me? We can believe there is a God. But will we trust him? I mean, right now, when we have to. Will we rest in him and wait for him? Or will we more believe in those waves and, and let those giants turn us around? Or rush in frantically with worry and our own strength and understanding and making things worse? Or will we trust him? We see with the Israelites, you know, God delivered them out of slavery and led them into the wilderness. But at the first sign of trouble, they panic and start worshiping a golden calf. They start complaining there's no food or water and they're going to die. The issue was trust. They knew God existed, but they didn't trust him to take care of them and their daily needs. And did they honestly think that the God who did all of these miracles to rescue them out of slavery was just going to abandon them now in the wilderness? No way. But it's going to be the same for us. Do we really think the God who loved you enough to send his son to die for you on a cross is just going to walk away from you now after all of this? He's not. You can trust him in this. If God calls you to a job or gives you children or tells you to share your faith or says, I forgive you, trust him. 
Don't let the rising water or the crashing waves steal your peace and trouble your heart. The prescription for a troubled heart is to trust in God and trust in Jesus. Jesus taught further in Matthew 6, saying, Don't worry about the details of your life, what food you will eat or what clothes you will wear. Look at the birds of the air and how God feeds them, or the flowers of the field and how God clothes them. If God takes care of these things, how much more will he take care of you, his child? Jesus said, Just pray to your Father, who knows what you need before you even ask. Do we trust him? Well, in our scripture for today, Jesus is saying the same thing. Every Bible story seems to be come down to the same issue of trust. And so around the Last Supper table in this critical moment when things are looking like they're getting out of control, Jesus is saying, don't worry, they're not. He can see that his disciples are struggling. He's telling them, don't let your hearts be troubled by this. He's telling them he's going to go away for a while, but he's going to be back. And he's saying that don't let this trouble you. He's saying that tomorrow when you see me upon that cross, you're tempted to think everything is over don't believe it i will be back on sunday don't let your hearts be troubled keep on believing he says you believe in god believe now in me and i think this is a direction for each of us we first got to believe and remember god you know that he made us and we're his and this is his world and nothing is impossible with God that's the first step but then right behind that is the second thought to to believe in Jesus that he is God's son and our savior and and God so loved the world that he sent to us Jesus and we believe in him because of the miracles he did we believe because of all the prophecy that was fulfilled in him we believe because of the resurrection we believe because of all the many people who were eyewitnesses to it we believe because of the Holy Spirit that is alive within us. And then he said, never will I leave you. The troubles in our heart begin to diminish when we start really believing in God, our Father, and believing in Christ, his Son. This is how we overcome a troubled heart. It is through faith and trust. Not in what we see or circumstance or how we feel or the waves, but trust in the creator of the waves the commander of the seas, the one that we know and love in our heart and believe in who has never let us down. You believe in him. Will you trust him? A couple more things I just want to mention in this. Jesus said, In my Father's house are many rooms, and I go to prepare a place for you. This place is a real place. I mean, heaven really exists. Jesus told the criminal on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise. It's real, a place that I can't wait to see someday. But this verse isn't really just talking about heaven. It's talking about something even more. This verse is talking about relationship. For in the Jewish world at that time, the way that it worked was that when a son was going to get married, he didn't move away. But in preparation for the marriage, the son would start to build a room on his father's house in addition to the family home. And when it was all done, the groom would then go get his bride and they would get married and he would take her now to the home that he had prepared for her. And that's the word that Jesus is using here. And that bride, you see, would forever be part of of his family and everything that the father owned was hers and all the son's inheritance would now belong to her as well because of her relationship with the son 
Well, I think this is what Jesus is telling his disciples. Jesus often referred to the church as his bride and that through him we are brought into the family of God because of our relationship with the Son and his taking our sins upon the cross and accepting us in. And so our faith in him is like our marriage to him. And through him, we are welcomed into the family. We are made children of the heavenly father. And so the idea that Jesus was going to go prepare a place for us in his father's house or many rooms, it is heaven, but it's even more than that. It's the whole idea, this whole relationship with God that Jesus is making possible for us. We come to the father through the Son. And that begins today, not just after we die, but the moment we repent of our sins and accept Christ and His blood shed for us on the cross, the moment of faith, the Holy Spirit enters our life. And we get to do life with God every day, starting today. We don't have to just wait for heaven for that. We get to pray to our Father who is heaven and talk to Him today. We get to live under His provision and help and care. It starts the moment we come to Christ. Jesus says, you know the way where I'm going. And Thomas says, we don't know the way. Tell us. And Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We enter a relationship with God through Jesus. Jesus is the one and only way God gave us to be saved and to have an eternal life or to know God. He is the forgiveness of sins, the life everlasting. There's one way that has been open for us. No one comes to God except through Jesus. Jesus didn't say, I'm one of the ways. He said, I am the way. He said, I am the truth, which means there's no truth contrary to his teaching. You can trust everything Jesus said. He said, I am the life. There's no life apart from him. Jesus is the one and only, the one gate, the one son, the one Lord, our one hope. Colossians 1.15 says he is the image of the invisible God. We wouldn't even know who God is apart from Jesus who made him known. Colossians 1.19 says God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. Every word that Jesus spoke, every miracle Jesus did, every act of compassion and love, it all revealed the one God and Father who is over all and through all and in all. Jesus said, if you know me, you now know the Father. When Philip said, show us the Father, Jesus said, don't you know me by now? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I'm in the Father and the Father is in me. And this is so, so critical for us to accept and believe and to teach our children that there is one God and one Lord and one baptism and one faith and one hope and one cross and one Jesus who came to save us all from our sins. I was struck here by Thomas's words where he says, we don't know the way. And Jesus said, I am the way. And I thought about how that, of course, first means our salvation, but also I think it means that Jesus is the way when there seems to be no way. In our life, there are many times when we don't know what to do or we get lost as to who we are and what life is about or what's important and, and how do we navigate all the opinions and views out there or maybe even just the specifics in our life. Like, who are we to marry or how are we going to keep this marriage alive? Or what job should we take or what is right or how to help this person or situation or how to even pray? My son is graduating and, and I remember how it felt to be 18 years old and finishing up high school and 
life is big and which way do you go and what are you going to do and what's next? Uh, but, but that doesn't just end at 18. I thought of Gary and how we moved boxes out of his house yesterday and this new season of life at the, uh, that he is facing and, and how things in our life sometimes change. And again, we're faced with what are we going to do? You know, and so I thought about Thomas's words. Lord, we don't know the way. And Jesus' simple answer to him was, I am the way. And I thought, how wonderful that is. We don't just get a map from God. We get the person of God to show us the way to go, who will be with us and will make known to us the will of God, what we are to do and, and how we are to do it. We call him Jesus. He is the way. He knows us. He knows the plans that he has for us. He knows uh, how to get out of the mess that we're in. or He knows what to do uh, in our church or what will help this person overcome their struggles. He, he's the way in every situation. He says, come follow me and I'll show you. I'll show you great and wonderful things. Trust me. And so this is great. I mean, we don't have to walk alone in the dark or worry about tomorrow. He's already there and he'll show us the way to go. He will speak to us through his word and prayer and his spirit will guide us. You know, back in, in those days, the Torah was called the way. But Jesus says here, I'm the way. Because he's the word. He's the, he's the Torah turned into flesh that all might see and know. We don't just have a map. We, we have the person. And if we want to know God and what God's will is, we just turn and we follow Jesus. He's the way. And so then the last thing I just wanted to mention is that Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth, whoever believes in me is going to do what I've been doing and even greater things than these. And I just found that whole sentence incredible. I mean, Jesus did all these amazing miracles and powerful sermons, and he changed all these lives. And who are we to think that we can do that? But Jesus is telling his disciples that they are going to do everything that he did and even greater things. He's telling them here that his power is going to be at work in them and through the Holy Spirit, and he's going to move them, and, and he's going to answer their prayers, and he's going to be helping them from heaven and, and working through them. He's going to do it. And this is amazing. I mean, Jesus is promising his help and power. And all they need to do is ask for it. And I thought, well, how often do we fail to even ask? And God is ready there to give. Jesus is saying that even though he's not going to be with them physically in the same way, he's going to still be with them in working and helping. And they're going to be the continuation of his ministry in the world. He's going to be alive in them and through his people, just as the father was in the son and uh, the son will now be in his people. And just as the father was revealed through the son, the son will now be revealed through his people. Um, because he will be doing the good works in them and the miracles and the words and the actions and the love that they show all reveal the truth of Jesus. And that's what we want our lives and our church to be about, is to reveal Jesus. Jesus said, we will do what he had been doing and even greater things. And so I end here. Are you praying for that? Are you praying for the greater things? For things that are too much for you to do, but not too much for Jesus to do? for things that only Jesus can accomplish in your life? Are you asking him for those things, believing him for those things, greater things in our church, in our worship, in our Sunday school, in our youth groups, and with our neighbors and with our children? 
Jesus said, I'll do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father might be glorified through the Son. You might be asking me for anything in my name and I will do it. And so are we asking? Are we calling on the name of Jesus? He will do it. He told them, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And so I think it's time that we started trusting in what Jesus said and who Jesus really is. Have a wonderful Sunday. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To stay up to date with all of Bethlehem Covenant Church's information and events, head to bccwaverly.org.